Yusong. Kevin. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Uh, welcome back to Maybe Don't, <laughs> the podcast where we discuss one thing from our past that we should maybe don't do in the future and one thing that we've done that we should continue to maybe do. I'm one of your hosts, Yusong. And I'm the other host, Kevin. Sorry, Kevin, I interrupted. Go ahead. How are people going to uh, put respect on my name, a phrase that I do not understand, if they don't know what credits I've... <laughs> I'm currently the showrunner's assistant for She-Hulk coming to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and I'm Yusong's friend, uh, and I love hosting the show, <laughs> and it's been a lot of fun. We're in uh, week three mm-hmm. of lockdown, right? Or I guess four, when maybe this has started. Yeah, and uh, it's all but- been one blur of existential nothingness. Yeah. Kevin, I'm truly more regretful than I've ever been in my entire life to tell you the monologue joke that I'm about to tell you. Okay, let's uh, get it out of the way. Okay. (sighs) Kevin, (laughs) what did the fish say? And keep in mind, this is an old fish. Let's say 18 years old. This fish has gone through the American school system. Let's say San Francisco, although Mm -hmm. the city itself is not an important detail. Um, This fish who really enjoyed reading, what was this fish's favorite book? And before you answer, let me tell you that during its free time, I'd like to explore or go on journeys. What is it? The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. That was good. I like that. That was very... Don't. No, you can't run away. (laughs) You can't hide. Just because we're doing Zoom, you can't leave the screen. Kevin, I just... You know, what if what if someone's listening for the first time? What if what if what if people what if people what if we they move will on be. into a like a like a, a, what if we move out of post irony back into irony? Wouldn't that be a devastating result for our podcast? It'd be a full circle for us. Um, Kevin, do you have a monologue joke? Sure, mine is a as a character, okay, uh, which I've never I've never done a character as a great. monologue joke. Mm-hmm. So if you could play something very late on the keys, okay. Okay, this is almost like an SNL audition, which I take very seriously. Um, Okay, this is the guy who, instead of buying toilet paper in bulk, he bought bidets in bulk. Hey, if you or 27 of your closest friends need a bidet, please reach out to me. I'm about 10 grand in debt, and these things are very hard to store. Um, but they feel great, and if you need a bidet, please, please reach out to me. Uh, don't go to the store. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, everyone. Kevin, I, 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 uh, not that our show was good before, but I really think that this, this quarantine has done a devastating amount of damage to our psyche. Okay. Um, <laughs> should we introduce our guest? <laughs> we should absolutely do that. Uh, Kevin. Okay. Yes, absolutely. She's a comedian, an actor, a podcaster, a writer, a superstar. She's super nice. It's Mitra Johari. <laughs> Hi, Mitra. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thanks so much for doing the show. I'm so glad I got to be there for the joke part. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Kevin, I mean, I mean, the, the maybe don't drinking game certainly involves like take a shot every time you sung or Kevin apologizes to their guests for doing the show. But yeah, sincerely, we, we apologize. And thank you. Thank you for doing our show. And something that we could do is the um, monologue joke, not in front of people. We could yes. record it after. But yes. No, it gets you on the level. I mean, it's like the essential lead. Yes. It's like, 
like the the required reading for the summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. It shows you what you're working with. <laughs> you know yeah. what to expect. You've got a little bit of context for mm-hmm. the situation. Your expectations. You can feel, feel a lot more comfortable, kind of kick your shoes off. Oh, this is this is what I'm working with. <laughs> yeah, you can lean back. You can really like not worry so much about how you look. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like even it's like you're like you're like like a year into a relationship at this point. Uh-huh. Where it's like, okay, like you've seen you've seen me fart, you've seen yeah. you've you've like smelled how bad I can stink mm-hmm. and yeah. we're comfortable. You saw me sneeze just... into my hands. <laughs> we're all thinking about we're all thinking about how to politely word it to our therapists, how to, how to deal with this all together. Uh-huh. Mitra, you have such an incredible show out right now. Yes. This song and I were talking about how amazing it is, Three Thanks. Busy Debras. It's on Adult Swim, and everyone should watch it. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about it for the listener. Yeah, so uh, the show is written and produced and starring uh, Sandy Hone. Sandy Honig, Alyssa Stonaha, and me. Um, mm-hmm. We have performed under the name Three Busy Debbers for about five years, a little over five years now. Um, the show is every Sunday on Adult Swim, and we play three very busy women who are all named Deborah. And each episode is um, a day in the lives of these women as they uh, make their way through their affluent suburb, which is called Lemon Curd. <laughs> Don't you drive like three white Escalades or something? Yeah, we all drive identical <laughs> Escalades in the show. It's really, um, it's very silly. Uh, it's super uh, cartoony and really dumb, which I think is nice. <laughs> absolutely. It's so funny. Oh, man. Uh, there's such a great block of adult swim shows right now. Like I've watched Joe Para, mm-hmm. Three Busy Debras, and uh, Beef House, like mm. all the same night and was like this is so much great comedy thanks it's very cool i mean it i i feel really like especially with like i'm friends with all the joe para folks and like them yeah both two i think two very specific shows from like brooklyn alt comedy weirdos being on at the same time is a pretty exciting thing it's uh it's amazing is it eight episodes or this, how many episodes is it? it's six episodes so as we're recording this tomorrow our episode called cartwheel club is gonna come out so awesome. <laughs> look forward to the intellectual titans <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> i had another question but i don't want it i hope it's it might be one of your maybe don'ts or do's um, so I don't want to step on it, but I know you recently got into pottery, mm-hmm. but with the lockdown, have you been able to like, I imagine you can't do it at home or anything. Is there like, have you been been able to like do something else to replace that in the meantime? Or? Well, actually, so my pottery studio um, is pretty close to where I live and they are renting out wheels. So I'm renting a Ooh. wheel. So I, wow. I, jammed oh, cool. it into my tiny little car <laughs> like was it's very heavy and I, I put it in my car and it's in it's in my house right now um wow so i have still been doing it. i can't like fire it in a kiln so i can't complete any pieces but i'm mm-hmm. really like i'm still pretty new to it so i i mostly just like having having the thing to do it's mostly just like the practice of doing it that is very mm-hmm. soothing to me i i'm really not like I'm not like I'm just not good at it, but I I it's really the only activity that I found that I've been able to really just focus on what I'm doing. Like 
Yep. Even with like exercise or meditation or whatever, I, I'm able to really riddle any activity with anxiety and stress. So to find to find something where I A, enjoy doing it, but B, really have to be like present mentally for it to work is a mm -hmm. huge gift. So I'm asking this as a person who who made like a um, clay strawberry in in a seventh grade art class that was put into a kiln and then exploded. Uh. Tragic. <laughs> have you have you have you had finished product of yours from this? Like, do you have finished uh, things of yours that are glazed and fired and ready? I do. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've been not from not from quarantine, but I've been taking mm -hmm. classes for like the past five, four or five months. Um, so I have pieces from each of those classes. But it's been nice. I mean, to like try something new and like I'm somebody who like really is like grade grubby and wants to be the best at everything and like I don't like to do mm -hmm. things that I'm not good at so to start something that I've never done before um was <laughs> uh very challenging for me but to go from like class one where I could only make like centimeter tall ashtrays and now I can make cups is like oh I can like really see my progress and like Ugh. it still kind of sucks but it is technically better <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm sure like it sucks to you, but like if anyone else tried to do it, it would not look remotely like a, a cup or a bowl or anything. It would <laughs> yeah. just look like trash. Very generous. <laughs> I had a similar experience two years ago when I started taking um, guitar lessons from a guy I found on Yelp um, who had very long blonde hair. He was in a metal band and his name was Eric. And Joe he, Exotic. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> his name was Joe Exotic. Um, and he, I felt a similar way of like, well, if I'm not the best guitar player ever, like I should probably stop. Uh, and he was like, no, just let's do one lesson at a time. And I did it for like six months and was really enjoying it. And then I went to one of his concerts and that's when I found out he was like a very vocal, uh, I don't know if I'd say Trump supporter, but the language that he was oh, saying boy. felt very oh, Trumpy. And then the next lesson I was like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm done here. <laughs> That happened oh, to me man. with um, a hairdresser. I had this woman that I would go to uh, in Brooklyn for mm -hmm. like most of the time that I lived there. And it was the first time I ever had someone who like really knew how to cut curly hair. Um, mm -hmm. So it was, I was so excited and I was so obsessed with her. And she was just like this like brassy lady and like very opinionated, but just like in a really fun way. And then the last time I ever went to her midway through my haircut, um, it was right around like um, like Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein stuff. Oh. And um, she, <laughs> she's like midway through my haircut. And um, it's mid con. I don't know what we were talking about, but she was like, you know, all this Me Too stuff. It's like all those women are like, they're definitely lying about Bill Cosby, right? Like, oh, they're just doing it for attention. <laughs> I was just sitting oh. there and I was like, okay, Mitra, like this is kind of an important moment because like you're really being tested here. Yep on what mm -hmm. you believe in and but also like she's halfway through cutting your hair and it's really hard to find someone who's good at cutting curly hair so i was just sort of like oh and then we didn't say anything else oh interesting <laughs> yeah oh like what an interesting thing for you to believe and then like yeah. was completely silent and i just never went back but i was like if i was like a better person i would have been like no hey like, yeah that's mm -hmm. really not true yeah so it, they're not really gaining anything but i just sat there and was like hmm Wow, 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not a gun pointed to your back, but they do hold a tremendous amount of power to to make you look like shit for the next three months if if yes. something goes wrong. So I so I understand that's a very precarious uh, situation. Uh, I had a lightly, slightly um, controversial, even to the point where I'm I don't know if I should be sharing it. Uh, dentist Love experience it. a few months ago, similar to that, um, where my dentist just. Um, she kept saying the word rape in oh. uh, in ways that aren't related to sexual assault. Um, what, like she's playing Halo with a bunch of 14-year-olds? What's happening? Ba- like, like basically saying, like, I'm getting oh, raped in Halo God. and stuff like that. Oh, no. But I was like, this probably isn't the place. It, uh, there is a lot of, like, hesitation with, like, this probably isn't the co- way to have this conversation. <laughs> or, like, should I be telling... Is it bad for like me to be saying this stuff? Um, and, but the reason, the most hesitation I had was she would always say it when um, she had tools in my mouth and I could, like I physically couldn't say anything. And so I was like, hey, do I, should I be saying this? And then I was like, well, I literally can't. Uh-huh. Well, so you really have a good excuse. Like you physically yeah. couldn't yeah. do I physically right could not speak. Um, <laughs> I did not, I could have. <laughs> yes. So I don't know if I'm going to keep going to that dentist. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, Mitra, should we, um, oh, or you yeah. song, should we mosey into um, Absolutely. Maybe Don'ts? Okay, welcome to Maybe Don't with Mitra. Mitra. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's our beautiful transition. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitra, is there an experience that, looking back, that you tell yourself, maybe don't do that? Well, I have sort of a collage of experiences uh, in early high school. I would say like my broad, my broad little maybe, and I'll, and I'll give a couple of examples. Uh, my broad experience of maybe don't is maybe don't pretend to have done something before that you haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share a couple. Um, so my first one, um, was that I sort of like became the self-designated, um, party girl of my friend group when I was in high school. Um, and like, I, I was sort of like in, like in, in every group in my high school, but I was like, certainly like the coolest girl out of out of the nerds I would say like the most ties to to people who were doing party rock and roll party stuff um so for a particular group of friends I was really the one who was like everyone we're drinking now and Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but I really like had only had like PBR in a field like I hadn't really like (laughs) <laughs> I'm from I'm from Ohio to provide context, but right, I I, right. I had only like and that was like pretty much my only experience. I hadn't really had like any liquor, I hadn't had anything like that, but I had a group of friends over and I was like, okay, like tonight's the night, we're all getting fucking wasted, we're getting trashed together. And um so I went to my parents' liquor liquor cabinet and I was like, Okay, what's the thing? And like my parents are not big drinkers. Like there was a liquor cabinet, but everything in it was like a hundred years old and had not mm-hmm had not been touched and like a lot of it was skunked, but I didn't understand that like things could be skunked. Um, I don't even, I'm not cool enough to know what skunked means even now. Well, it's just like, like my parents had a, basically my parents had a bottle of Kahlua that like had been open, Mm -hmm. like 
years before and then yeah. like had just been like sitting there like kind of open so i brought it downstairs to the basement for all of us to drink just straight kalua which is like a disgusting <laughs> disgusting yeah, something you mm-hmm. typically put like coffee make with coffee and stuff yeah the like point is that you like cream. mix it it's like and but we were drinking straight old like rotten kalua from the bottle yeah. And every single person over the course of the next hour was like throwing up. (laughs) Does anyone else feel like they're drinking spiked milk? It was so fucking disgusting. And there were so many other options. Like there was like kind of one of everything, but I was like, oh, I've seen my parents drink Kahlua and that looks really cool to me. Plus it's like sort of like tropical. (laughs) Fun. Fun. It's like so sexy. We're like on like drinking our island liqueur. (laughs) We're so cool. And 20 minutes later, everyone's like, ah, my stomach hurts. It was so, so nasty. I had an almost identical experience to that in uh, my freshman year in college, I think, but really not knowing the difference between like shots and beer, like knowing that shots are stronger, but not knowing how much stronger. Mm. And I'm from Illinois and I went to a a party at the University of Illinois, a school I did not go to uh, (laughs) with some friends. And they were like, um, hey man, like have a couple shots. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I've had a few beers before. Like shots are smaller, so I could probably drink a lot more. And it was before we even went out and I took five shots. I don't remember of what, which is kind of a sign. Uh, I took five shots and then was like, man, that was pretty strong. And then I like stood up and was like, (laughs) and it was that exact experience of like, why not just say in that moment, I actually am not super comfortable or like, I'm not very knowledgeable about how much I should like asking anyone for help, but just pretending like, no, I actually know what I'm doing. Yeah, every time I've done anything for the first time, I've lied about having done it before. Yeah. The first, like my first, one of my first college parties that I went to, I had never smoked weed before and mm-hmm. I took a hit off of like a massive bong and immediately mm-hmm. turned to my friends. And I was like in the middle of a crowded room and turned to my friends and was like, I need you to take me to another room right now. And they, they took me to the other room. And then I was like sitting on the couch and I was like, you need to get the ambulance. <laughs> Please get an Call ambulance. Call an ambulance. Call an ambulance. You need to get the police here. <laughs> like For like an hour, just begging them to get the police to come. <laughs> to be fair, Yusong had that experience like two weeks ago. So it's... I got, it's not very I got different. too high for the first time in my life alone at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday, like 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 last week, and I I totally understand where I was like, oh, I this might be forever. I hope it's not, but just in case it is, like I gotta find my outs. Yeah, um, yeah. It's I've very, never very been scary. like more pro cop than in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I had that a couple of years ago when I went to a dispensary for the first time, and like those are the first people I've interacted with that truly know about weed Mm -hmm. and they're like do you want like this kind of high or like this kind of high and just like the jargon they were using i was just like yeah like probably like whatever or like (laughs) both or something and in that moment even like in my early mid-20s at that point knew enough to be like just say like i don't know like can you help me Mm -hmm. but still being like in a dispensary around other people like strangers i was like no just act like you know what you're doing (laughs) 
<laughs> and then I was like, I don't even know if I'm gonna like this now. <laughs> I, I think the 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 reason I'm trying to rack my brain for stories like this, and the reason that I think I don't have any is because I think perpetually the people around me can just tell that I need a lot of help with anything. So yeah, you don't so have a like, good poker face. I don't have a good poker face. So I remember like one time. On a plane, I, I I was flying by myself and I got a nosebleed, and then three strangers around me all turned and was like, "Do you want a tissue, hun?" Like like immediately, and I was like, <laughs> so "Oh, I'm sweet. never." And I was like, uh, "Hey, no, I'm cool," but secretly I was like, "That's so nice," and yeah, yes, thank you, <laughs> Mitra. Do you do you still do that today? Do you feel like, or have you been able to kind of cut that off? No, I think I'm secure enough now that I can be like, I don't get it. It's mostly just wanting to seem knowledgeable, I guess, and and smart Mm -hmm. and experienced. And now I'm like, I don't think I'm fooling anybody. So I might as well just save myself being sick or something. (laughs) I think it's just much, much easier to be like, I don't know what that is. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think it's it's also something I feel like my dad really taught me was just to like, especially once I started being more like in charge of things or um, having more a power in jobs where he was like he he's a he was a leader in his field and just ha- having someone be like it's important to say that you don't know about stuff it was like oh i guess mm. i should apply this to other realms in my life and maybe avoid getting very very sick or being very very embarrassed <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i feel like i was raised as a, a like um isn't it cool to seem smart <laughs> kind yeah. Of. yeah i i think it's which is not which is not good <laughs> I think it's also a very male thing. I mean, totally probably yeah. not yeah. controversial to say that, but like it is it is just just wanting to seem and and like I have am consistently in places that where it's mostly men, so I really I I think my initial knee-jerk reaction was to be like never let them see you confused, never let yeah. them see you not know. And mm-hmm. I used to I was I when I was 19 I like through a crazy series of events was stage managing the national tour of this musical for like wow. eight months. Holy shit. <laughs> it's like really like deranged long story but mm-hmm. that was kind of the moment when I realized I needed to start doing that was because uh, we would come into these theaters and I was like immensely unqualified to do the job that I was doing but I was for whatever reason doing it so for the first few like for the first couple weeks of shows I was like don't let them see you not know. And by the end of by the end of that period, it was like, well, everybody sees that I don't know, so yeah. I might as well just tell them right away that I don't know and like save us all a couple hours, and yeah. hopefully that will work better. And it did. Like obviously, I mean, people still resented me for doing that job, which is fair, but also not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> but it it was a huge. It was a huge lesson and a huge service to myself to just be like, I guess I, um, I'm not qualified, so I'll just tell them right away and be like, I don't really know about this, so like you decide. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I had a similar thing where, and with theater as well in particular where learning like, this is the lighting person, this is the audio person, this is, you know, and then realizing the same thing of like, oh, these are all experts at their craft and it's offensive to them to act like you know what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it's actually much more helpful to just be like, oh, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Rather than being yeah. like, um, yeah, put it over there and like ruining the whole show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I literally dealt with that this week of someone 
acting like I'm trying to be as vague as possible, uh, acting like they knew a thing that I was very patiently trying to help them Kevin, through. I'm right here, and I understand. That <laughs> yeah, it is very awkward. Yeah. yeah, the okay. tension between you guys can cut with a knife. Yeah, but, yeah, and then just trying to tell them like they just weren't listening. So then I was like, all right, I guess I'll just have to deal with this later then it was just like a refusal of uh wanting to accept that they needed help with something uh and it was very awkward so yeah it's I, like, I just suck, it sucks that people still do it to you know yeah it's jarring when you see someone who like still can't shake that because it just makes your life yeah. so much better and whatever your product is so much richer when you absolutely admit that you don't yeah. understand every facet or you're not an um, expert on every facet at least Kevin, I should admit to you now that I don't know what podcasting is. Um, I will say, I will <laughs> Neither say, that, of like, us do. like a like an emotionally adjacent thing to this is that I, I, I I'll use millennials as the term blanket term for like young people, but like um, just want to be agreeable to everything, mm-hmm. and so like um, maybe don't drink and game. I studied abroad for a semester, and my my host dad in France, he he got ended up being really annoyed at me because I just kept saying like, yes, I understand, and like I just kept agreeing to things. Uh, just to keep the conversation going, and he was like, "No, no, 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 no! If you if you don't understand something, please disagree with me, because then we can explain it." And it was truly like reflexive. Like I just I didn't want to make anybody upset by like, "Um, excuse me." Like I I didn't want to interrupt or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it truly benefits no one for that to have happened. So uh, yeah, we're all we're all I'm I'm I'm, I'm learned to speak up and admit that I don't know. It's hard for sure. Can I tell a, a horny a horny example about this? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, this is also in high school, and I was trying to seem really cool for this guy that I'd always, always liked. And I was really good at, like, sneaking out and sneaking people into my house to, like, make out and stuff. But I, like, only ever made out. But... There, there was one night when this guy came over and he, he, we're sitting in my basement and he's like, so like, how far have you gone? And like, at that point, like, had just been like felt up or whatever. Like, I hadn't really done anything. And I was like, oh, like all the way. <laughs> I've gone all the way. Um, he's like, oh, really? That's so cool. I was like, yeah, it's like no big deal. Like, I've gone all the way. He's like, great. And then eventually we start hooking up. And uh, I was in the position where I was confronted with my first blowjob and he midway through in like true high school fashion is like so like spit or swallow. And I was like, oh, oh gosh, um, um, I don't even know what I answered, but it doesn't even matter because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when the moment came to, to follow through, I realized what was happening and I'd never seen it happen before face to face. So I just ran away and got paper towels and like threw them at him <laughs> and then asked him to leave. <laughs> oh my God. If that's not the American way, then I don't know what is. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was just like, yeah, it's, oh, it's like difficult. that's what it, that's what it does. Ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my oh, God. Oh no, please no. Um, Obviously I neither. Have... <laughs> I don't do either of those things with that. <laughs> um, um, neither, please. <laughs> it was so shocking um, to me. I had a, um, my first, like, felt up moment was 
it was my like girlfriend and her she brought her best friend who was like what yeah she's like angela's gonna stay here to be like look out because we were like oh, at like a park or, or by like a bush or something she's <laughs> oh, like angela's God. gonna make sh- <laughs> just like the movies she's like, yep. yeah she's like angela will be like making sure no one's you know walks by i'm starting to worry that i've never drank in a a pbr in a field i've never had angela be lookout while i made out in a bush i'm I'm worried that i didn't have like a childhood at all Um, yeah please keep going you song's gonna have a very rich like life in his 30s yeah yeah i'm excited um so she was like yeah angela will like keep lookout i was like okay because this for context was our like meet in the middle place we like both uh rode our bikes to this middle area which was the playground this park i guess it's so like idyllic (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) and um so we made out and then uh she she was like kind of like going like this like look over your shoulder and then angela i guess for the listener was doing a like squeeze motion like uh she was like you know do what she's saying and i was like what and she was like you know, grab my boob. And I just like <laughs> did over her shirt. And then I look over at Angela and Angela, <laughs> Angela's shaking, shaking her head no. <laughs> As in like, you're not, do- you're not doing it right. You have a coach? <laughs> yeah, she's, she's coaching me. That's so fucked up. Because like, of course, everybody like does everything wrong the first time. But for you yeah. to have someone visually present confirming that you're not yeah. doing it right. <laughs> Can you imagine that conversation? Like, hey, Angela, like, I just yeah. know that this isn't going to go well based on all of our experiences. So I'm going to yeah. need you to just be there and be ready. So for all the time. Help. Yeah. So all the time uh. since then, Angela in my head has had to uh, assist with all the times I've done a bad job. Yeah, and then especially to shaking her head no of like, that's wrong, you're doing it wrong. Um, oh Angela's no. Angela's your uh, Professor Oak when you try to use a bike indoors. Um, <laughs> oh yes. my God. <laughs> Incredible. And it will surprise no one that I do not have a makeout story like that after that joke. Um, I, I will say something regrettable that I did High school for me was like when Post Secret was at its like peak, I think, mm-hmm. which if you don't know what Post Secret is, it's like this website where people have mailed in anonymous postcards. And it was just like really fucking deep quotes on like blurry Polaroids, like I, what we could have been or something. And so I mm-hmm. was I was really feeling that like, you know, uh, romantic, you know, capital R romantic mood. And uh, mm-hmm. the person that I was seeing at that time I think like one of us was going away for a week or something. Beautiful. And then, and then, and then I wrote on her arm in a sharpie, in size seventy two font, way too big. Like mm-hmm. I already miss you or something. And it was just like Cute. now that I think about it, like I just uh, one, I'm sorry if you're somehow listening. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, and two, <laughs> like just imagining like, well, I can't wash this off. I guess I'm wearing long sleeves for the rest of like. Oh, are you ugh. kidding me? She must have. Lo- I would have like, or whoever like must have loved. Imagine yeah, getting that's so sweet. Like, I'm just imagining if like I was in high school and a guy wrote uh-huh. that on my arm, I'd be like, I would not be wearing Thanks. long sleeves. I'd be like walking around <laughs> being like, I'm missed with your arms out. I'm fucking missed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Someone wants to be around me. <laughs> All right, take it back. You're very welcome. Uh, you're welcome for your uh, 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 teenage experience. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Mitra, is there a different, is there another uh, maybe don't you want to talk about or other examples or should we uh, mosey to maybe do whatever you prefer? I think let's mosey. I'm sure there yeah, are more, but um, they'll they'll be haunting me for like the week, the next few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right, All right to... Yusong's going to play the keys. Maybe, maybe do, do. <laughs> with Mitra. Mitra. <laughs> It's so like seeing it, like seeing it happen <laughs> in this way. <laughs> it's like hearing about a car accident and then seeing a car accident. <laughs> uh, Mitra, what's something uh, that you would tell yourself? Maybe do do that. I would say my maybe do is um, to continue doing stuff that you're bad at, even if you're bad at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you if you enjoy it, I guess is the it's like an eight paragraph long maybe do, but <laughs> <laughs> continue continue doing stuff you enjoy, even if you're bad at it. I guess is the more concise version of that. But I mean, I think that's something that I'm like leaning more into now. But it's like I feel like there's so much stuff that I did when I was younger that I like quit doing because I wasn't amazing at it. Um, my my little bite sized story about this is that I played so i played piano and i played violin for each like seven or eight years which is you know classic classic child of immigrant vibes (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um i think like the violin is like my it's my favorite instrument to hear i think it's like the most emotional beautiful instrument but i was truly truly horrifically bad at it and um, but I was such a perfectionist even when I was in like elementary school that I used to cry before every violin lesson because I oh. knew that I wasn't gonna get like complimented by my violin teacher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then my but that what that my my anxiety and fear about going to violin lessons, which is certainly mm-hmm. my parents' fault, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> led me to the point where my mom thought I was getting molested by my violin oh. teacher because I was oh so God. nervous about being bad at violin. <laughs> oh my nah, dude, the Suzuki method's just really hard. <laughs> oh my God, you bringing up me. the Suzuki method is literally triggering to me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, and my violin teacher was this, like, amazing, amazing musician. And my favorite part, I actually loved lessons because at the end of every lesson, he would play music oh. for me for a couple minutes. I would get to hear him play. But it would also be this moment where I'm like, wow, I'm shit. Because, he, <laughs> But it was like, I was listening to, like, a fucking 60, 70-year-old man who plays in the symphony playing. like A professional, oh. yeah. But I was sitting there, but all I could internalize in that moment was that he was so much better than me. But what it really, yep. like, I think it was really meant to be motivational of like, listen, this is what you could sound like, or this is like the beauty that the instrument can have. But I internalized it to be like, you stupid bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Do you still play? I don't anymore. No, I I truly was very bad. <laughs> um, but I, I played piano a little bit longer than I played violin and was a little better at that. But I I did um I did get to a point in violin where there was one time when my um my dad had a friend visiting and he was like, play the violin for me and I oh, played nightmare. N- absolute fucking nightmare. Do you play violin or did you? <laughs> I I did play violin. I'm also very, very bad at it. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah i i just get so sweaty because i'm nervous yeah i'm like it's that it's that it's like that i'm a fraud sweat that like like and everyone around me will know to the point where like 
I was so anxious during. I'm so sorry. I, I was so anxious during one like rehearsal, uh, for this just like community group that was mostly college kids that I played a wrong note and then I screamed sorry as everyone continued <laughs> to keep playing and I was like this something's gotta change like that car ride home I was like dude you gotta fucking chill like you gotta you gotta right. meditate it's much yoga. more disruptive to apologize than to just play one more one wrong note <laughs> yeah <laughs> could you imagine seeing a show and then hearing someone go sorry <laughs> oh my god that's amazing Mitra do you ever um when I took like drum lessons as a kid, I would, when my teacher would do something so impressive, I would start laughing in a very like jo- Joker-esque way that it was uncontrollable, but it was like so impressive to me that I'd start laughing, but it would it would create tension because they would think that I was like laughing at them. And they'd be like, what's so funny? And I'd be like, no, that was just so good. And they were like, really? That's funny to you. Um, I had a a lot of issues with that. I would always uh, cry. I would always cry because I loved yeah. it so much. Um, my mom always tells this story. She's obsessed with me. Um, always tells this story. <laughs> she loves <of> me. <laughs> oh, so random. My mom's obsessed uh. with me. Um, but I, when I was really little, my uncle Iraj is an amazing violinist and like truly, really, really, really beautiful. And I would, and when I was a baby, I would always cry when he would play the violin. Like, like oh my god. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, That's a... But um, so my dad had a friend over. I just want to finish this because it was it was really really embarrassing for me. <laughs> <laughs> he had a friend over and he's like, play a song for him. So I, st- I start playing the song and I finish playing the song and he's like, great. Like once you're done warming up, I can't wait to hear the song. Oh my god! <laughs> what did you do? Did you just play it again? No, I was literally like, "That's the song," and then I was like. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Brutal. So yeah, brutal. I can see that affecting your confidence as a musician. <laughs> yeah, and like imagine you've been playing an instrument for like several years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at that mm-hmm. point. <laughs> it's not your first week. My immigrant parents in 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 uh who are decidedly less obsessed with me. <laughs> when I was practicing the violin, they would say in Mandarin, uh, which means like, are you going to creakily play your violin, but it just rhymes? And so that was like every time I opened the like I never practiced at home. I always practiced like after school or just nowhere around my parents because I didn't mm-hmm. like I knew I sounded bad and I did not want them to have that leverage over me ever. Right. So. It's like so because it's yeah. like I, I think it, I, I didn't ever have a place where I could play it not at home and I was so embarrassed yeah. for people to hear me be bad that I just stayed bad mm-hmm. yeah yeah Mitra our first episode uh song had like a recital that he was going to play at and so the whole episode I'm I feel like I was hyping him up and saying like I can't wait to be there for you and and see it and it's going to be so amazing and then um that day I was like I feel like there was something I was supposed to do today <laughs> I don't remember what it is and then I realized, okay. like after it was like Yusong's show, okay. so our no. it was not I, my show. You could definitely not but hear me. I will say to my credit, for our second episode, I wrote fan fiction about if I were to attend the show, like how awesome nice. it would have. <laughs> Which is very nice and allowed me to live that moment. Um, oh, so man. I say you still play, but I definitely feel that way um, with with music like today. Like you have to getting better means like you have to be bad and get through being bad but the act of playing like shit 
all you're thinking about is, God, I sound so bad. And it's so hard to like want to, with anything, like want to push through that, especially as a kid, because you just see everyone else doing such a good job. You're like, well, that's not me. I'm not this incredible violinist. And then you're just like, ah, I'm just going to quit. Yeah. Plus violinists like love flexing. Like it's yeah. the, oh my God, the, the they do. If, I, I, it's like a, People like taunting you with their beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I remember like one time, and I truly did not. I, I went to this all county orchestra, and there was like a few solos that you could try for. And everyone, as they were unpacking their instruments, like these two kids were just fucking slaying this solo, like as a message to everyone, just like don't even yeah. fucking try. This is my territory. And I was like, well, I wasn't gonna anyway, but okay, like game recognize game. You're great. <laughs> I I'll see you in second violins. Like, I'll, um, um, uh, uh, Mitra, does that extend um beyond pottery in terms of modern day maybe dues uh, of things that uh, uh you're improving at or just enjoy doing? Well, I'd say pottery is definitely the main one for me right now. Like it's mm-hmm. I'm it's the first thing really where I am able to accept being very bad at something and enjoy seeing mm-hmm. myself get better because I do have a very hard time accepting it in like my line of work because I think it's much harder to me to like pottery is, I is not my identity, so I <laughs> what I, but what I hope is that like as I get more comfortable in my field and feel more secure, I'll be able to get be okay with being bad at things. Right now with, with work and with comedy, like anytime I feel like I've done badly at something, I still am like, well, I'm shit. I deserve death. <laughs> like so <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. Yeah. <laughs> my my mediocre performance suggests that I am rotten from the inside out. So <laughs> um definitely not there yet, but um but it is heartening to see with pottery that like I can be bad at something and still enjoy it and like it and it doesn't feel forced. It's really the first thing that I found where I'm very like not good, but I'm still like I will return. <laughs> is it something you do alone or do you have friends that also do it? I do it alone. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly just because this particular studio, I didn't have any really, I didn't know anybody in the classes. I think that was also part of it was that like, I knew that if I was going to be bad at something, I didn't want an audience of people that yeah. I knew. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't want to want, cause I feel like if I was with friends, I'd like try to make a joke out of it and be like, <laughs> look at this. I'm dog shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> Isn't it so funny? I guess I'll never do this again. <laughs> but but since I'm like in classes and like with other beginners, I like it just so like I there I there is like a community of the people in my in my studio where like we can all be like, "Oh my god, look how fucking bad this is." And then like start over, and that's okay because we're all new. So yeah. finding people that are on my level has also really helped. I'm not opposed to doing with people that I know. And I know the people that I do it with now just because I've been doing it for a few months at the same place. But I, I, I'm i glad I started off like like anonymously or whatever, not, not with people mm-hmm. that I knew and didn't. Because often if I'm doing something new, I will try to do it with a friend. Like if I take like a, a dance exercise class or something, it's like fun to do that with someone. But this felt like something that I was like, I could see myself getting 
relief out of this so i don't want to like poison the waters by trying to like perform for my friends or like make them yeah like make it a, make it a shared experience rather than what i actually want it to be which is like something just for myself mm-hmm. yeah and something that's like enjoyable and that you like uh mitra you said something on uh when you did teacher's lounge last year that i still think about all the time oh, no. where or <laughs> like drew tarver was like saying something about um like hobbies and then you like lightly brought up pottery and then you were like um or drew said how do you have a hobby that you don't feel like in the back of your head that you need to monetize and make a big thing to social media of like and now this is now i'm the pottery comedian and, <laughs> and you guys had like such a it was like three minutes but it was like so sincere and i was like ah oh, this feels like so relatable of like especially like in the arts, I feel like anytime you do something new, it's almost expected that now that's part of your art. And it's like, no, you can do things and you should do things that have no connection to like your career. You can just have hobbies that you enjoy. Yeah, I feel really, I mean, I think part of it is like that I'm just not good enough to like make it at anything other than like, here's here's <laughs> yeah. my cup. Like, like <laughs> I can't make like a funny cup. But like, <laughs> Did you guys see Mitra's funny cup? It rocks. <laughs> but it is like, I do think there is that impulse. I mean, especially now that like we're just in our houses all day, I do feel yeah, this mm-hmm. impulse of like, yeah. what can I churn out so that I can get yeah. some of that attention that I miss. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. What I f- just started doing um, Twitch, uh, like live streaming video games, and I felt pretty quickly like, oh, I should be like making jokes and stuff. And then I was like, I don't want to make jokes. I just want to play a video game and I'll talk to people. And it's funny yeah. how you, you yeah. default to like, I should do that thing, you know? Yeah, well, and especially like seeing everybody else online doing stuff, I'm like, well, what's my incredible live stream? <laughs> it's like, right? maybe yeah. I don't need to have one. <laughs> or if I want to do it, I can. But Exactly. Yeah, it's like, I feel like so much of like, especially since moving to LA, because I do feel like that, like everything has gotten so heightened since moving here because just so much of the city revolves around the same industry. Um, mm-hmm. So just like asking myself the question of like, do I need to make this thing in like, does this have to have anything to do with work? Like it was much easier for me in New York and in Ohio to do a wide variety of things that had nothing to do with work. And in LA, you kind of have the option and in New York and other cities as well, but you really have the option to make everything relate to your work. (laughs) And and especially with comedy and just acting and performing in general, where it's like, you're so expected to be a product and, I, I just have really no interest in, in that. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. fine to like authentically talk about the stuff that I like. Like I, in my podcast, like I talk about my pottery all the time, but it's certainly not like, <laughs> I'm not going to do like a pottery podcast or like, <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a huge part of my life now because like <laughs> I, it is my only hobby, but <laughs> <laughs> my uh, college roommate just posted on, um, Instagram a photo of him fishing which is like a new hobby that he got into and it just said like seems like even the fish are social distancing and it was just so charming to me I was like yeah he's just <laughs> picked up something new and this is his new thing and he's happy so I love it you're you're 100% right that like the lockdown is 
shifting people's uh, like spare time and like what new things that they want to do. And I actually do think that's one of the very like few positive things that is coming down, coming out of like everyone being at home is like hearing the new things people are trying now that they're at home. It's been so charming to see like every single person I've ever met learn to cook for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Myself included. (laughs) But it really is like it's I, I was just talking to my roommate about this that like it's still soothing to see someone make like make their video of them making toast or whatever like it doesn't feel like like even though it's like still content or whatever it's just like some it's so accessible it's not being like and look everyone like here's my new dance that i made and it's like you're not you're just like showing everyone that like you're you're cooking (laughs) like it's soothing to me (laughs) yeah it is it really is it's very charming. It's like, yeah, show me like that you made a pancake. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I like seeing like too like people are just, oh, these are all the <clears throat> books I'm reading right now. It's like, great. It's you know they're not trying to make me feel God, guilty I'm, about it. I'm so jealous that anyone can be reading right now. Every time I pick up a book, I'm like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I have that issue too to the point where I'm like I feel like I'm having like attention issues where. I'll like open up the book and then immediately start thinking about other stuff. So I'm trying to do like more audio book stuff right now because I immediately yeah. go into panic mode. Me too. I really have not been. And and I like on a regular basis, I'm, I'm, I'm a reader. But in this period of quarantine, every time I pick up a book, it's just like this is it's insane to be doing this right now (laughs) yeah the the moment where it really sank in that there are no rules was that like i was talking to my parents and they were like please play as much video games as you need to to stay sane and i was like okay well this is this is you've just given me a blank check like uh, (laughs) now nothing is real um i had the same thing with my my dad um is staying near me and a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago we met at one of the parks that was still open so we could like do a hike, do like a social distant hike with each other because mm-hmm. we hadn't seen each other in a bit. And after the hike was over, we went to Chick Fil A and ate it in a parking lot. And my dad is like very anti fast food, so just like sitting on the ground with my dad eating Chick Fil A, I was Aww. like, "Wow, the world is like, <laughs> fucked up." <laughs> that he would do this, <laughs> that he would spend his money on Chick Fil A. <laughs> I've heard a, a lot of uh, specifically dads being shamed into. Uh, moments like that of um like man i didn't get to spend my birthday you know at the bar (laughs) with my friends and then my friends being like yeah you were stuck with me sober like (laughs) you were forced to hang out with me more um (laughs) i still love sean's tweet of like quarantine got me fucking around now i have to like raise my son (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Uh, it rules that baby Um, ultimate He's the cutest. Um, Mitra, where can, um, thank you so much for doing our show. Everyone needs to check out uh, Three Busy Deborahs and listen to Urgent Care, two of the (laughs) best content right now. Where can people find you? You can find me at Tweetra Johari. So that's tweet, R-A-J-O-U-H-A-R-I on Twitter. And then M at, on Instagram, I'm Mitra Johari. So M-I-T-R-A-J-O-U-H-A-R-I. And check out Through Busy Debris on Adult Swim. Can't so, wait. <laughs> so, so, so good. Um, thank you so much, Mitra. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. We'll be right Bye. back. 
Hello, hello. Kevin. <laughs> Mitra is the best. We did it. Yeah, seriously. Um, big shout out for doing our show. Um, welcome to the last segment, Lessons Learned, where we're going to tell you some of the lessons that we've learned ourselves the past week. Uh, and here's one. I am a zero inbox person. Like, I like mm-hmm. to have my inbox totally clear. And so I've always had a problem with, like, motivating myself to write. But I realized <laughs> if I just set an email reminder uh, that I'll want to clear that reminder so badly that I will write. And so I have been publishing, like, these little blurbs and journal entries on my Twitter. Um, I love that you're doing that. Yeah. And I think I, I don't think people are going crazy for them or whatever, but that's okay. Um um and yeah who knows that gmail was the secret to not procrastinating wasn't it like last week that last episode we were talking about like taking chances during this time and look at you yeah exactly what you said i love that i know um i feel weird about saying mine but i'm still gonna say it i (laughs) want Is this, is this our Joe Rogan moment? What's about to happen? Yeah, he's going to be on the show with Alex Jones, <laughs> um, bringing a different kind of listener. Um, I watched Rosemary's Baby last night. Have you seen that movie before? I have not. Okay. Neither have I. Um, <laughs> it's very good. However, uh, Roman Polanski made it. Do you know about him? Oh, yeah. yeah he's not, not the, the greatest guy. Not the greatest. I didn't... I discovered that midway through the movie, I was like, wait a second, isn't this the Roman Polanski guy? Uh-huh. Without spoiling the movie, I will just say, the ending frustrated me so much that I was like, yep, a monster would end a movie like this. Oh. <laughs> wait, I think that's, uh, I can't wait to read the read the Wikipedia for Rosemary's Baby. Um, Yeah, it's just... I wanted something really badass to happen that didn't. And I think it was like, at the time, that ending is the perfect ending. But I was like, no, something really cool could have happened. And um, I guess for many reasons, uh, I'd say uh, Polanski sucks. (laughs) And you heard it here first. Maybe don't is decidedly anti uh, Roman Polanski. Um, my last maybe don't is uh, don't just have Soylent in the morning and then one big ass meal at 5 p.m. It's really unhealthy because to be lightheaded throughout most of the day. And so right before we recorded and we're recording about midday today, I finally had like a little something to eat, which is like, oh, good. Step in the right direction. What's your... Uh, Big to small burrito ratio. Um, my big burrito is a burrito, but with also like chips and guac from Chipotle. Oh, like that is so good, dude. It's it's fucking incredible. Like this this podcast is decidedly anti Polanski and pro Chipotle. Look, I'm, yeah. I, some people say that we're too political. Hey, who gives a fuck? Um, I loved. I've been uh, my chip intake uh, has been alarming. Mm-hmm. I should start playing poker because I got so many chips. <laughs> See you next week. Stay home. Stay home. Kevin, we did it. Another episode in the bank. Uh, dude, Meet You was great. Yeah, that was a oh lot of fun. God. 
I was so um, happy you guys uh, got to meet because I knew that you guys would like each other. I did not expect the 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 common uh, common ground of first generation immigrant trauma of, of violin <laughs> playing. Um, oh wait, uh, Kevin, I actually just got like a like a real time alert about how our show is doing. It turns out um, we're doing worse than ever. Um, wait, that was last week's. Sorry, oh, that I- was last. <laughs> I got last week's. I think maybe you got this week's, but it said the same thing, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, and mostly people were, you know, the only saving grace of our podcast is uh, secret, secret ending, ending secret, secret ending. ending. Secret <laughs> ending. <laughs> we'll never be able to sync it up. Um, <laughs> hey, forever. thank you for supporting us on Anchor.fm. Also, a reminder to those who are supporting us on Anchor.fm, you can stop. Seriously, if t- if like because if right now okay, like things you saw, are, I don't I don't want to encourage them to stop. <laughs> no, I don't but... want to encourage anyone to stop. But you know, just you know. Re- hey, re- we re- actually a few hours ago, uh, mm-hmm. Nicholas Cheek just uh, uh, became a financial supporter. Hey, they're thank investing. You very much. They're thank investing. you so much, Nicholas. Buy low and then sell when our podcast is even lower. <laughs> <laughs> Buy low, sell low, because it's not going to get high. Um, so thank you to Nicholas and for everyone else who's supporting us on anchor.fm if you leave a rating or a review or comment on reddit we'll, 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 we'll be there and we're, we're yeah. very very appreciative of those so thank you thank you very very much thank you everyone um, wash your hands stay safe mm-hmm. hey we'd say stay uh, six, feet ab- six feet apart but we know you were doing that anyway <laughs> see you next week <laughs>